So Rich Hill, again, the city attorney said, Roger, you got to talk with them. They, yeah, talk to these new owners here. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and and I kept saying, Rich, I'm not talking with them. I got other work to do. Yeah. Which, which I did. Which you do. Uh, but finally, it dawned on me and Rich both. They thought I was crazy. Uh-huh. And it dawned on us that, wow, this is a great strategy. Uh, one of the owners wrote a book about this, and he said that, uh, yeah, we couldn't understand that crazy mayor in South Bend. He owned, he owned a stadium. He, owned, he, he didn't have the team to play with him. He won't talk with us. It turned out to be the best thing I could ever have done. You heard that there. That's former South Bend Mayor Roger Parent describing an impromptu negotiation tactic that he used when the city was building Kovaleski Stadium now Four Winds Field. More of that later, but first. Welcome to Round the Bend Now and Then, a podcast that shines a light on the South Bend and Mishawaka areas past and present. Through interviews with local business owners, leaders, and community members, our listeners and I learn together about all of the great people and great things going on in our community. As we also learn about South Bend and Mishawaka's history and how intertwined our past is with our present. In February of 1985, in what started as a meeting pushed by a very insistent Michiana Area Planning Commission director, ended 10 days later with the citizens of South Bend learning that they would be the hometown of a professional minor league baseball team. How cool is that? But, of course, there were some caveats. One... In order for the minor league team to agree to play here, the city had to foot the bill for the $5 million baseball stadium to be built in the southwest downtown area across from the old Union Station at what was then called Plaza Park. Oh, they wanted it done in a year to start the season in 1986. And that created another little problem. The city had to start the project before they were 100% certain where the money was going to come from. So, you can bet, all of this sparked quite the drama in the South Bend, Mishawaka area in the mid-1980s. Tons and tons of arguments for and against building the stadium. Articles in the newspaper touting the benefits, naysayers standing up at meetings telling anyone who would listen that it was a bad idea. All of that drama is now just a blip in the history of Four Winds Field, originally named Stanley Kovaleski Regional Stadium, or the Cove for short. A lot of the folks attending the games now probably have no clue about how much controversy the building of Four Winds Field caused and how the plans were almost over before it started. On this episode, I meet once again with former South Bend Mayor Roger Parent, as he shares his memories of the wild time that was leading the city as it was building Stanley Kovaleski Stadium. He also wrote several chapters about the Cove in his fantastic book that I highly recommend, Getting Things Done, stories of leadership from the South Bend Mayor's Office to the school board, the Peace Corps, and beyond. To purchase the book, I put the link to Roger's website in the show notes, and you can also purchase it on Amazon. I hope that next time you attend a ball game at Four Winds Field, that listening to this episode will provide you a different perspective, knowing all of the drama behind its construction. 
Next, I asked Roger his thoughts when he was first approached to build a professional baseball stadium. Remember, this was in early 1985, and the city had just come off the building of the East Race, another public project that caused some controversy at the time, and also the construction of the ethanol plant was also causing waves in the community. Here is Roger and I. Similar to the East Race, you were working on other city business at the time. I mean, you had just you'd worked on the East Race. You had the, um, the ethanol plant. You were, you know, you were working on other city business, and then the owners of a single A baseball team called and mentioned and said that they're bringing a team, or they wanted to bring a team to South Bend. What were your thoughts initially? Uh, there was a guy in South Bend. There was a group in South Bend. Uh-huh. I, I forget their name, but there was mm-hmm. a group of, of, of baseball enthusiasts who wanted professional baseball in South Bend. Uh-huh. And the head of that group was a guy named late the late Charlie Minkler. Mm-hmm. And I knew him well. He was okay. the head of the area plan commission at the time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he he called my office, wanted to have a meeting to talk about baseball and and about the potential for a franchise here. Right. A baseball professional team. And as most people know, I, I like sports, mm-hmm. but I don't watch a whole lot of it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I had watched... Uh, I had watched baseball in Edmonston, New Brunswick, across the river from where I live okay. in Maine. Uh-huh. And I knew how to say some of the uh, the words in, in French for baseball. <laughs> but uh, I would say that was, uh, I, I knew enough to know what it was all about. Right. So I said, I would not normally have met with people about baseball at that time. Uh-huh. But Charles Minkler was a friend and a colleague. Okay. And my my secretary, my assistant convinced me I should meet. Yeah. That's how come it happened. Wow. And so, in a way, it was a good thing that I'm not big into baseball. Uh-huh. Uh, simply because I was able to look at it very objectively. True. And so, True. It, and it was a big rush to make a decision. After being approached by Charlie Minkler, the Michiana Area Planning Commission Director, Along with Robert and Debbie Stanley, the owners of a new single-A baseball franchise, Mayor Parent and the city had to make a decision fast. Like no public debate, no PR blitz fast. Ten days later, he made the announcement that the city would build a baseball stadium. We talk about that next and the decision to build it across from the old Union Station. There was a caveat to bringing the team here. The city had to pay for a stadium, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you, you didn't have a long time to decide. No, I don't know how much time, but I do remember. It was right away they needed that. It was about right away. They, they were pushing. And once they had convinced me that it was a good, it's a good thing for business. In other mm. words, they would... They would bring business being restaurants and all kinds of other people right. and bring people here. But uh, they were not insisting on where it would be located. Okay. And interestingly enough, uh, once they did that, in the back of my mind came the idea that, hey, if we were to put this downtown, mm-hmm. it would be a real stimulus. And for years that I'd been in politics, I was thinking about how to do something on the south 
west corner of South Bend. I see. So that had already been there. I see. And light bulbs came up. So I asked, I, 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 we had a meeting. Yeah. I took them to that corner of the county city building. Uh huh. And I said, without having consulted a whole lot with anybody. No, you had to move fast. I said, if it fits down there where uh -huh. it is, I'm for it. So you, that was one of my questions. You really didn't have, you didn't have time to survey other places, but you didn't have any other locations in mind. It no. was, it was that right by Union Station there. Right there. Yep. I said, if it fits there, I'm okay. If uh -huh. it I'm not going to build a baseball stadium in a, in a suburb. Correct. Outside. Correct. And, and the reason for that is the economic value would not have been there yes. as much. Yes. It would have been there. There would yes. have been something. And it turned out that in my naivety, that had never been done before. They were not building uh, minor league baseball stadiums in, in downtowns. Really? An interesting sidelight on this is talking about downtown stadium. Fort Wayne built a stadium for the minor league baseball outside the city. Okay. Well, further out in the city, yes. not downtown. Right. And 10 years later, Guess they built one at. downtown. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that was another risk the city and mayor parent were taking was building it where they did. There were numerous people at the time who were against the location of it. You want to talk about another risk? Because of the urgent timeline needed to play the very next season, they had to start construction before they even knew how exactly they were going to get the funds. And even before having the funds secured, Mayor Parents still wanted the best. As you'll hear, thank goodness he did. Uh, we hired the very best architectural firm in the country. Uh-huh. Uh, and... Uh, they they designed it, and they were we were being pushed uh, by everything. Okay, they wanted to start playing. I remember nineteen eighty seven. This was nineteen eighty six. I think. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> so, we were on the most fast track you could imagine. But meanwhile, the funding wasn't there. I was spending other city monies. Building a hole in the ground. Yep. Dig, digging a hole, moving forward without having the approval of the funds. <laughs> it was very, very risky. Yep. And yes, a lot of people thought that politically I was crazy. Yes. I probably was a little bit crazy. Uh-huh. But that's all right. You yeah. need to be. And you yeah, need to be. All, all along the construction, just to go along that, there were there were questions being asked of me, like, should we include the, the the base the suites? Yeah, or should we include the baseball club? And at that time, I thought, well, people are not going to like me no matter what. Yeah, so I might as well make the the right decision. Push e all the chips in, right? Even Just... though it's going to cost more. Uh huh. And then one decision, which was, uh, should we build the foundation so that someday they can build another level? You're kidding me. And I said, yes. Absolutely. And they're doing it this year after, yes. the, se after the season is over with. Wow. So it, that, that gives me great pleasure. You, you should be very, <laughs> and, and you, you should be very proud of that. Something that little at the time, yeah. you know, should we spend the extra money and build the foundation heavy? And most people would probably say, we're already spending millions. Let's That's not. Right. 
And you pushed, because in your book you wrote, you pushed for to this to be the most quality, the nicest single-A ballpark in the country, right? And it still is and today. And it is beautiful. And imagine we, if, man, that's so cool. It still is. Of course, a lot of work's been done on of there. We, we now have uh, an owner become yeah. the Southland Cubs, uh, right. Mr. Berlin. Right. Uh, he's done amazing stuff. And the city has too. They've put of more course. money into it. And so it's worked well. But- just putting that foundation in to build a second deck and look today. That that's that's yeah. amazing. I like you know, people yeah. don't don't know that, but uh, I'm the son of a carpenter. Uh-huh. And so I know a bit about construction. Yeah. Build uh, a solid, right? A lot, a, a lot more than baseball. <laughs> and so so it was really it was really uh, it, when when people ask how come you make these decisions and uh-huh. how you make them, well your background has a lot to do it does. with that. For those of you who may not be aware, Four Winds Field and the South Bend Cubs are in the midst of adding a second deck. Next, we talk about the varied ways that they tried to raise the money to pay for the already started Kovaleski Stadium. We mentioned funding. It was a challenge. Um, you, we had talked about in the East race with, um, well, first with funding, you had tried to get a, a food and beverage tax passed downstate, Right. And 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 that didn't that didn't really work out too well. Um, and then you sought to a uh, bond to borrow money. We learned a little bit ago with the East Race how hard that was with signatures and everything. But then you had one plan left, and it was uh, what was it a public lease agreement? It it would be called a lease purchase arrangement. Okay, where whoever builds it owns it, okay. leases it out to the city. I see. And when the lease is paid up. In this case, after 10 years, well, the city owns it. Like a rent to own. Something like Something, that. okay. Yeah, I yeah. see. Okay. And, and you'd worked with the private, and so that was kind of your last Hail Mary, really. Yeah, um, it was a Hail Mary. Uh, <laughs> well, they were all Hail Marys in a sense. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, the bond issue didn't, we couldn't do it. Uh, and and the beverage tax was seen as a joke by the legislators. Yeah. Today, of course, they do. And it now that every city has them, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we had something like that at the time too. Where for for it was a hotel motel tax. Uh huh. But uh, but it, it highlights the fact that the lease purchase agreement did not have to have local citizen approval. It had to have the different bodies, park yeah. board, and all those people approval. But that that was a given. They all wanted yeah. it. Uh huh. This had to be approved by the by the state tax board, the state tax commissioners, mm-hmm. and uh, and they were all go- they, they were all Republicans. And the governor, lieutenant governor, uh, not lieutenant, he was Governor Robert D. Orr was was a Republican. Uh-huh. This had gotten so controversial here politically. Yeah, among Republicans, the Republican Party locally, not not in other ways, right, had made this a big, big deal because mm. they saw it as a way to defeat me whenever I'd run again. Mm-hmm. Which, between you and me, I wasn't planning to run for a third <laughs> term ever. They didn't know that, and that was fine. <laughs> right, right. As I said, the building of the cove caused quite the drama, definitely political drama as well. And by this time, and as you'll read in his book. Roger and the city had already exhausted two different methods of trying to pay for the stadium. One was a 1% food and beverage tax, and that didn't go over too well. And the second option was to borrow money with a bond. But as you heard in our East Race episode, at that time, the bond approval was daunting. 
having to collect all the signatures and so forth. We touch up on that briefly next with a little baseball analogy. Yeah, and I remember an earlier discussion uh, about we and now, you know, what people were saying. Well, strike one uh, with the, uh, uh, tax. the beverage tax. Uh-huh. Strike two with the bond issue. Strike three was going to come. And nope, you so hit we're it out the park. I, I remember talking with the key staff people and we didn't know what to do. And I said, there is a way to do this. I don't know what it is. We have to figure it out. But you knew there was something. I, my feeling was that there was a way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Somehow. I mean, if you don't feel that way, then got to do something else. Yeah. You know, me, yep. you, you don't belong in that spot. You're exactly right. They were now on their last strike to secure the funding and were now brainstorming on how to do it. They thought that a lease purchase agreement was the last option. But to obtain a lease purchase agreement, they needed an approval by the State Board of Tax Commissioners, who were appointed by a Republican governor. And this Democratic South Bend mayor and his team threw a Hail Mary and decided that they needed to meet with a Republican governor. You'll hear about that next. And so, uh, so we decided that uh, we would go talk with the governor, which in itself was risky because yes. if the governor had said, hey, I'm not interested, yes. then it was dead. Because, yeah, you needed his support to have the tax commission support That's right. to vote, yes. And so he, he was willing to meet with us as long as it was a secret meeting and we didn't talk about it. <laughs> which, of course, we were happy to apply. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, closed. The idea of meeting with the governor all happened over a couple of bar- little bottles of beer uh-huh. over at Rocco's, uh, <laughs> where we were, I wouldn't say desperate, but we were trying to figure out how we're going to get this Absolutely. Done. But uh, we went down there, had a short meeting. We told the governor what our plan mm-hmm. was and that how we thought it would be good. And right. all he said was, Sounds like a good idea. And the board, uh, the tax commissioners voted for it two to one. Wow. Otherwise, it would not have happened. Un- and it probably would never have happened because they would have gone somewhere else. Yeah, of course. That's how close the city was to not getting funding for the stadium. Well, they finally had the funds. Construction was going strong. And, but then the funding wasn't the only issue. Like anything, there's always stuff. Um, you got the funds. Construction was in full blast of the, you know, what was going to be named Kovaleski Stadium. It was going strong. But then you got a phone call at your 25th college class reunion. The owners who had approached you to bring the darn team to South Bend sold to uh, to owners in New York. I mean, my heart would have sunk. What, what was going through your head? Talk uh, to me. <clears throat> Can I use, I don't want to use the language that I said here. But, uh, but <laughs> the, you had some choice words. <laughs> yeah, city attorney, city attorney called me and it's the only college or high school reunion I've ever attended. Oh. I, 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 I wasn't too much into that. Yeah. And so he calls and he tells me oh. that. And in the same breath, he says, they want to talk to you right away. Oh. And I said a number of words, but I said, I'm not talking to them. Yeah. He said, well, what do you mean? 
I'm not talking with them. That's all. I'm upset. I'm not talking with them. You can yeah. tell them that. Uh -huh. I don't care if we never, we never play anywhere again, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh -huh. And so that was it. I, I, I got back to South Bend eventually. I was mm -hmm. in Nova Scotia. That's where I went for my college days. Okay. Okay. So I, I said, uh, so Rich Hill, again, the city attorney said, Roger, you got to talk with them. They, yeah. Talk to these new owners here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and I kept saying, Rich, I'm not talking with them. I got other work to do. Yeah. Which, which I did. Which you do. Uh, but finally, it dawned on me and Rich both. They thought I was crazy. Uh-huh. And it dawned on us that, wow, this is a great strategy. Because we had to negotiate a lease with them. Yeah. And we had lost, we'd lost the momentum with the other people. Uh-huh. We, and so, so, so Rich was talking and meeting with them and, uh, Eventually, of course, I did meet with them. Right, right. Uh, one of the owners wrote a book about this, and he said that, uh, yeah, we couldn't understand that crazy <laughs> mayor in South Bend. He owned, he owned a stadium. He, owned a, he, he didn't have to team to play with it. They won't talk with us. It turned out to be the best thing I could ever have done. Isn't that amazing? But I didn't plan it. No, it, but that's how things work out half the time. Yeah, yeah. My mantra in life, as I get older, maybe. Yeah. Is you never know what's going to happen. No, you don't. No, you don't. And that's another reason why you just got to enjoy this life. And then, and, and, and every day is a blessing because you just don't know. That's right. Nothing is easy. Things are moving forward and the owners sell. Luckily, that crazy mayor used his impromptu keen negotiating tactics. Next, I ask him how mayors pull off projects like this and at the same time manage other duties. You mentioned you had other things to do, and I have a question. There are tons of things that a mayor has to do to to lead a city, um, and especially South, a city like South Bend, Indiana. I mean, it's got a hundred, hit a hundred thousand people when you're a mayor. How much time does a project like this take of your of your day? You know, because you can't forget about all the council meetings, all the other things. No, uh, the key. The single most important thing that a leader, uh, by that I mean a, a mayor or somebody else, is to hire and attract good people. And I was fortunate in that I had, by most pe knowledgeable people's estimate, I had probably the best city administration of anyone in the country, okay. even. Mm -hmm. of, certainly of a city of this size. Right. So there were a lot of things. Early on, uh, we sat down and uh, the group of people said, look, Roger, and there were outside people there, yeah. not, not only uh, administrative staff. And they said, here's how we think you should divide your time. Mm -hmm. One third of your time, management, manage the city. Yeah. One third of your time, political stuff. Mm -hmm. One third of your time, economic development. I see. And you know, over the span of eight years that I was mayor, mm -hmm. I think it turned out that way. About a third, a third, a yeah. third. Okay. About a third, a third, a third. Economic development, managing uh -huh. the city day to day. Yeah. And, and then um, political. Political aspect yeah. too. Political. Because you have a lot yeah. of political responsibility. If you don't handle the political responsibilities, you can't do the other stuff. Because you need the support yeah. for the other stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to, uh, you name it, uh, city council meetings. Many, yeah. but also individual meetings with city council members, park board, economic development, redevelopment, 
You all name times. all these people. Yeah. Uh, all, all these entities. Next, we talk about the naysayers and how it's inevitable with huge projects like this. And it's funny that one of our congressmen who was adamantly against the stadium pushed to have it built in another location. Imagine if that would have happened. I would love to talk to some of these naysayers at the time of the Cove. You know, 40 years ago, well, a little less than 40 years ago, I mean, you you want to talk about pressure against. When I read some of these old newspaper articles, I mean, there are people who were vehemently against this stadium. Um, there was a March 1986 article, Congressman John Vord. Is that how you pronounce his Vordy. name? Vordy. Okay, there was a, a March 1986 article, Congressman John Vordy. I mean, he went downstate to meet with the chairman of the state board tax commissioners and just he was strongly against it, strongly against it. Matter of fact, he said he was against the location of the stadium. Yep. He wanted to build it. You mentioned earlier out in suburban area, he wanted to build it by Scottsdale Mall. To piggyback off of all of that, um, Scottsdale Mall is no longer. The no. stadium would probably be no longer. And 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 you're exactly right. Just about you know even Fort Wayne brought their stadium back. Yeah, he's the only uh, John Vordy. By the way, his father was mayor in the late fifties. He died in an automobile accident. That's right. Yeah, and uh, he's the only city councilman who voted against the stadium consistently. Wow, the only one. There were a few people now and then who'd vote against some of the funding because yeah. it was risky. We didn't have Correct. everything uh, ready to go, uh-huh. but we were still spending money. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, John, I, I, you know, you just, I wonder what they would say today. Some of these people who are that against it. Well, I, I see John Bordier now and then. Oh, do you? Oh, you yeah. tease him at all or? or? Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> oh, he, he laughs about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's about all you can do. Yeah, uh, most people who oppose either the East Race or the stadium or other things yeah. uh, uh, have come around. Uh, they like it. Now, I wouldn't be doing my duty as a podcast host telling the story of Stanley Kovaleski Stadium, or Four Winds Field now, if I didn't ask Roger Parent about Dollar Mondays. Did you ever participate in the Dollar Mondays at the Cove in the early 2000s? No? No. No. It got wild. <laughs> that was in, in my heyday. I was early 20s, and they would sell tickets for a dollar is that hot, right hot dogs for a dollar and beer for a dollar wow and it got wild back in the day like there were i i just remember being there and you had a, about two or three hundred twenty something year olds my yeah. age crowded together drinking beer and not even watching the game oh yeah and, and so that that era of of the cove it just stands out in my head but it still couldn't be sustainable in that manner today. They no, redid it. To, no, they were doing it well. But, you know, whenever I go to the Cove, uh-huh. which is once or twice a year. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they give me free tickets. Well, they should. I, I, I have a free ticket for life. That's well, what they told right. me. <laughs> but whenever I go, I'm really impressed with the fact that a whole lot of uh, teenagers uh, and yes. other people are there on dates yes. or with their girlfriends. Uh-huh. And... Uh, the way it was designed so that you can go up, stand around, uh, get your food or mm-hmm. beer or whatever, mm-hmm. and still watch the game. Yeah. yeah. That was a conscious decision because in the older stadium, they, you couldn't. You know, Correct. You, 
Yeah. And so I, I just love doing that. It's it's very it's fun for me to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I do follow uh, their their the team's success to some extent. Uh huh. For sure. Yeah. It. We love going. So. That has to be a really neat feeling for him going to the ball games. And I'm sure that some of the folks sitting near him taking in the ball game have no clue that that man sitting next to them was so instrumental in bringing the stadium and the teams to South Bend. Next, I simply thank him for that. I just want to personally thank you, especially for the work on the Cove because, or Four Winds Field now, it's just, there's so many fond memories. And I know people my age would agree I was a kid when that place was was opened in, in 88. Yeah. I was 10 years old. Yeah. And I was playing baseball at Eastside Little League. Oh, you were playing. Good. We, were, we loved baseball. And yeah. so we would go as a team. We would go as a family with our mitts, with everything. We'd watch the fireworks there. And, and just those memories rang true. And then I mentioned in my early 20s with the Dollar Mondays, that was yeah. fun. But then even now with my own sons going there. Oh, yeah. To this day... My, my friends and their kids, we still meet up there. And so we're talking almost you know, 35 years of memories. And so I just want to thank you for oh, taking the welcome. risk. You're welcome. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Round the Bend Now and Then. I hope that you learned a lot more about the baseball stadium that we call Four Winds Field or The Cove. Thank you, Roger, for your time. Again, I am so appreciative of you for sharing your memories with us. Folks, go get his book. The link is in the show notes. I also want to take this time to thank South Bend Cubs owner, Andrew Berlin. If you haven't been to Four Winds Field in the last decade, I highly encourage you to do so. The public and private investments that have been made have truly solidified Four Winds Field as a gem in our community. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, at Round the Bend Pod, and Facebook, Round the Bend Now and Then. Thank you again for listening, and please join us again next time as we learn more about South Bend and Mishawaka's Now and Then.